Hello, this is Rafal Davidovich. Welcome to our weekly Navi Shir. We have been learning Sefer Yehoshua, the book of Joshua. And today we will be reviewing Perak Yud Zion. This is chapter 17 of Sefer Yehoshua. And this chapter focuses on the history and a little bit of the destiny of Shevet Menashe as part of the general tribe of the sons of Yosef. I'm sure you all remember that Yosef had two sons, Menashe and Ephraim, and even though Menashe was the older son, the Bechor, Yaakov, in his brachos, made a decision, divinely inspired, to make Ephraim the primary son. But Menashe, in this chapter, chapter 17, is specifically mentioned as Bechor Yosef, which will have relevance later on. So let's not read the chapter, because as I, as I have said in the past, I invite you to read the chapter and read the words inside. And what I try to do in uh, these classes on Navi is to give a summary of what I think are the main important points of each chapter. So let's review. The first thing that becomes very clear is that Menashe had a large family, but besides just for that fact is the interesting fact which Menashe, unlike any of the other tribes of Israel, received land on both sides of the Jordan. On the east side he was promised a portion which he would share together with Ruvain and Gad, who are the other two tribes who we haven't really heard anything about yet in any significant detail. Menashe had land on the east bank of the Jordan, and he was also given land on the west bank of the Jordan as well. The second thing that you should notice in this chapter is that we have a callback to earlier passages in Chumash, and this has to do with the Benos Tzlafchad, the man Slavchad was a member of the tribe of Menashe, and he had five daughters and no sons. And in Sefer Bamidbar, in Chumash, the five daughters approached Moshe Rabbeinu, asking to receive their father's share. And Moshe gave the daughters of Slavchad, by God's word, gave them their father's share, and then later commanded Yehoshua and Elazar to honor the commitment that Moshe made. And then later in Bamidbar, at the very end of the Sefer, there was a complaint from the sons of Menashe that they did not want to lose their tribal portions to other tribes if the daughters of Slavchod would end up marrying men from other tribes. So the Parsha and there in Masse concludes by saying that the daughters of Slavchod married uh, cousins who were from the tribe of Menashe, so the land would remain in Menashe. However, here in chapter 17, it specifically mentions that Yehoshua honored the promise and gave the daughters of Slavchad their father's portion. The next thing that is of interest in this chapter is that we discover once again, as we had in chapter 16, that there were within the tribe of Menashe's general territory, cities that belonged to Ephraim. And then another thing which to me is interesting, 
which is that Menashe had cities that were within the territories of Asher and Issachar, which is incredible. Think about that. Think about the fact that you can have a city or territory that is totally included within the territory of another country. This sometimes spells trouble, but even when it doesn't spell trouble, it really spells an interesting power dynamic in that Menashe and the sons of Yosef, by extension, ended up having considerable influence over all the tribes to the north of them. And I think that can be attributed to this fact that is listed here in chapter 17, that Menashe had cities that were considered his own in the tribes to the north. The fourth thing is something that we have heard a few times already, which we did not really get a sense of when we were hearing about Yehoshua's conquest, but this is the idea repeated once again here, that the children of Menashe, the tribe of Menashe, did not really succeed in fully conquering its territories, and there were Canaanite people, Canaanites, who they did not wipe out and did not drive out of the country and who still remained there in the country, even though they had a tributary relationship to Menashe, but they still remained there. And now the fifth point, which is one of those great foreshadowing points of the future, which is that we learn here in chapter 17 that the Bnei Yosef were unhappy about the territories that they received. And they felt that they had not received enough territory. Even though Ephraim and Menashe are two tribes, yet they felt that they were not being given the full respect in terms of how much land they had been given. And Yehoshua, sorry, who's the leader, who's actually from the tribe of Ephraim, so he's one of their brothers, but he's the leader of all of Klal Yisrael, tells them, listen, you have a lot of territory here, and these areas that you have are actually forest areas. So just chop down the trees and you'll be fine. And they are still, it seems, not happy with it. Even though Yehoshua is given the last word over here, the fact that the sons of Yosef complain to Yehoshua is a foreshadowing of the fact that the sons of Yosef the tribes of Yosef, will never be happy with their lot within Klal Yisrael. And I think that this is a foreshadowing of what happens in later books, meaning after Shlomo HaMelech's death, that they end up leaving the nation and setting up a kingdom of their own because they're unhappy with the leadership of Shlomo and Shlomo's son. But at this point, we don't know any of that yet, but this is the first inkling that they are unhappy. And that's the summary of chapter 17. Thank you for listening.